You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome once again to Sovereign Self. I'm your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your fabulously divine and absolutely wondrous co-hosts are Karen Murphy and Ron Mayer. So it again, Karen. Yes, again. <laughs> and, and it fits in with what I'm going to be mentioning in the introduction today. One of the things that's come up in my mind is the question, what's the point of being your sovereign self? For me, the ultimate goal is you walk in light, you walk in joy, you walk with grace, and you know you are divine. And energy is much stronger than you know. And your energy can affect everyone. And so for that reason, I always say focus on the positive outcome and the positive and love yourself because it is a win-win situation totally. And love from an energy perspective is exponential. And I think as you said earlier on when we were talking, fear is, is just sort of linear. So when you put out the energy of fear, It may go out and have an effect, but when you put out the energy of love, it has tenfold, if not more, effect Mm -hmm. on people around you. The question here is, being your sovereign self means that you get more energized, more joy, more love in your life, and you, you actually eventually get to know that you are divine, and you can affect not only your life, but all those lives around you. One of the interesting things on that, and we brought it in last week, is there's faith as well. And faith to me is just knowing that it's so. So have faith that what you put out in a positive way, know that it's so, and don't give it a second thought. Put it out there and give thanks, and it will be so. And don't go back to it and go, what if, what if. Just be pure in your faith, let it out, and don't give it a second thought. This is all important at the current time, because at this moment... We've all been hearing about and seeing the effects that have happened in France and ISIS attacks. And as we've said before, as the light gets brighter, the dark gets darker. And I believe the light is getting much lighter. So many people are finding that they are divine and connecting in with the energies of the center of love, their heart. And as they do so, we will see this darkness get darker and these things begin to happen. But the one thing that comes up in all of that, the media goes to it immediately, is about revenge and we have to do something all about attacking back. But I would say don't give your power away. Revenge is not the answer. If you are engaging in these imagined fears, then all you do is separating yourself from your love, your center of your being and connection to all that is and losing your power. And it creates separation. Fear always makes the situation worse, and typically through separation and one against another. If you don't move to that, and you move to your sovereign self, it means awakening to who you are. 
And that's where you bring in the love, the kindness, the laughter, the unity in love, and empathy, of course. doesn't mean you can't have empathy for what's happened to people. But if you get that into who you are, the center of who you are, all those things, you can claim back your power and you can actually affect the outcome of what is happening and how we move forward. So being your sovereign self, what does it mean? It means we can change the world away from fear. It means we can bring in a positive world where we no longer have these types of things happening. We can move the world, and it won't be overnight, but as more and more people move into being their sovereign self, love and light through their heart, the more people they will affect, and the more people we affect, it keeps growing exponentially. And it is, in my mind, the only answer. So don't give in to all the fear that is being brought up when these things happen. Give in to love. Be who you were meant to be, which is coming from your center of love, because that's the center of all your power. So on that, I'll throw it out there. Karen, Ron? I'll, okay. I'll take it first. Today. All right. Now, I agree with everything that you said, and I just simply want to add a few things or my perspectives on the concept of becoming your sovereign self. Excellent. To me, I have always seen the antidote to the victim-victimizer game and the feeling of being powerless has always been the move to developing and becoming your sovereign self. Here, here. That is yes. ultimately the only antidote to what we're seeing today with regards to um, especially, especially the feeling of being powerless, of not having any power. You do have all of the power. You are the ones that are actually giving away your power to whether that be priests, or clergy, or school teachers, or government officials, whatever, that whole tendency to want to give away your power and your right to choose. And that's the, the principle behind being sovereign is uh, being able to choose exactly what it is that you're going to encounter and embrace and support. So, Martin, you were, you were talking about the recent incident that's just uh, that just occurred last night in Paris uh, last the week. attack last week um, and uh, yes for for those who are listening to this program it will be it will be a week away so but for us here recording it today it's still fresh in our minds so by the time you do hear this there will be a whole week's worth of reporting on this incident and it will be very interesting to see exactly where and how the world will shift with regards to the perspective on this whole on this yeah. whole issue. Now, the one thing I wanted to throw in there is because we are recording this program shortly after the events happened, and mm -hmm. we do have a week of news to come through, it's a perfect point to have people look at the news, look at how many people are just screaming for revenge and, and anger, coming mm -hmm. from their center of anger rather than a center mm -hmm. of love. Because we don't know what's going to happen during the week, but it's a good thing to have everyone be aware of and look back mm -hmm. and see what's happened. Yeah, right. I, I just wanted to also add, as I continue to evolve towards my complete and full sovereign self, there is an aspect of me that I find very curious. The further along I go towards this end, the more I develop what we call the observer. Mm. And I notice that I have a tendency now to em not emotionally react to situations that I see. Now, some people might think that this is being cold and callous, but it has nothing to do with being cold and callous because I'm 
course, we all feel compassion for the people who have, you know, engaged in this in this terrorist attack, and only wish, you know, for healing and calm, and the best of wishes towards these people. But I'm finding that when I'm not in my center of love, as what Martin, how Martin puts it, sometimes, or I'm engaged in being being the observer, I have a tendency to react negatively. And the moment that I see that. The moment that I, I start to engage in wishful thinking with regards to oh, vengeful thoughts and anger and, and hatred, that's the moment that I know that I, I've just slipped away from what it means to become your sovereign self. And as soon as I react negatively to that, that's when I begin to feel powerless again. Mm-hmm. And, that I, and then I end up giving my power away and not recognizing that I have a choice in how I act, that you have a choice always in how you're going to react to something. If you feel that you have no choice, then know that this is not a part of you that is your sovereign self. You have fallen back into the victim-victimizer game. Yes. Right, right. And I I couldn't agree with both of you more. This is a a really, as as we've said for weeks, a very interesting time for all of us on this planet. And in particular, I loved your introduction, Martin, and Ron, when you talked about whenever you find that awareness of slipping into what you call that negativity, I've found myself doing that as well. And actually, in many ways, uh, I used to, and I sometimes still slip into it, but I used to chastise myself. And now I find myself going, whoa, look how quickly you recognized you slipped in that. And I thought, wow, I'm becoming even more aware, which I also think is part of that journey to self-sovereignty. And I think that during this period in time in our lives with all of the energy shifting and we've talked about for many, many weeks, love love being the answer and the love and the ripple effect and how we can actually move things forward. I actually take an approach similar to what you were saying, Martin, around faith and that is just believing that it will be so and that while it's difficult sometimes when we see things going on around us not to revert back to those past teachings and learnings of what if and that fear factor coming in but just to simply let go and believe and trust in it, to show up each day with your love and your compassion. I think, you know, over the last, I think it was in February for the United States and more recently in November for Canada, the Random Acts of Kindness Day. And we've talked about Mm -hmm. this before. Mm -hmm. How are we showing up? How are we being during this time and all of the times that we're here on this planet how are we showing up as long as we're continuing to engage in coming from our center of love and believing we are actually making a difference? Mm-hmm. And I think this is really timely for talk about particularly maybe slipping back into negative thoughts or feeling you know upset by what we hear on the news and wanting to go out that revenge road. It's probably a really good time to bring back you know, those uh, positive affirmations that we all talk about. And giving ourselves permission to feel and really understanding how truly divine and loving we really are and how we can spread that out to the rest of each other on this planet. And, you know, don't react negatively to yourself. If you do indeed find yourself in these moments where you're falling into the negative the negative patterns, these patterns have been in, inducted into the human race for thousands and thousands of years. And as Martin said, it's not going to be an overnight success. Exactly. It's going, be, it's going to be a gradual process. So be good and kind and gentle to yourself when you do find yourself. It's almost like you said, you see yourself doing, just be, oh, oh there, I'm doing that again. Yeah. You know, there, there it is again. Okay, so what can I do to move away from those feelings. And for many people who are not used to it, when they do find them them, themselves 
being into that negative, you know, judgmental, want revenge type of situation, it's going to feel very, very real to you and very justified. You are going to yes. feel very justified in what you're feeling uh-huh. and will support your acts of hatred and, and violence towards those who you believe are attacking you. Right. But it's, all, it's always that saying that goes when someone is at, attempting to, to harm someone if you see it other than a cry for help, then you know you've lost your balance. You've lost right. your and, right. and playing into it. Right. Now, one of the things that I, I have found that when you look at these events occurring and your mind wants to go to hate or anger, I'm pretty sure that for most people, the reason they go there is because they see what's happened to the families and the people involved that were attacked and killed or injured or what have you. Sure. And I think the best route at that point is when you see what hap- what happens to people on these occasions, the best thing to do is immediately turn to empathy and love and send your love and healing energy and thoughts to those people. And if you do that and sit and meditate on sending that energy, it mm-hmm. will automatically help center you into having a different outlook on it. Because it's very hard when you're sending love and empathy to people and healing energy to move into a hateful state. So I I always feel that when I see that, because we're reacting over what happened to people, the best thing to do is always react to help those people. And Mm -hmm. your energy can do that. And that's one of the ways I always try and think about and move to, to move myself out of these instant reactions that everyone's trying to work into is about fear and we're going to go to war. and, And I think you mentioned it, Ron, that some there was an article out there that said, "Well, could this be leading to World War III?" Mm-hmm. There's a and, lot of speculation about yeah. that right now. And I'm going, I know it was a set of horrible events, but a world war where possibly tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people could die—is that a solution? Really? Is that going to solve anything? I look at that and go, "How can?" You know, 100, 200, 2,000, it doesn't matter what the death event was in the attacks. How can that be improved by killing hundreds of thousands of people? More people. And I think, you know, that's important to keep keep sight of, Martin, because, you know, you hear the old cliche, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that whoever was behind such such horrific attacks should be justified or agreed with in any way, shape, or form, but to attack back. I firmly believe, only precipitates the problem. It doesn't find a solution to it. It doesn't mean that you condone what they do. It doesn't mean that people should not be held accountable for wrongful or hurtful actions. But by sending out love and compassion and trying to find solutions from a place of empathy, compassion, and love thy neighbor, to me is far more productive than let's get back at them. Mm -hmm. Because we have to remember, as we've been taught so many times by so many great teachers, that Everyone is coming from the place that they're at at that point in time. We may or may not agree with it. And certainly from my perspective, I don't agree with terrorism at any level. But knowing that or believing that people are coming from where they are in their path, their journey, in their belief cycle means that I need to accept that it's happened. I do not have to condone it. They do get to be held accountable. But to retaliate or act back, Mm. I then believe that I personally then become part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I just find it interesting with regards to who are you seeing as the persons who are actually responsible for this? And I look at the terrorists, 
Al-Qaeda or ISIL and, and often wonder if they did not have the financing that was going to them, is it possible that this might be a better way at curtailing and eliminating it rather than going to war to see how many of them we can actually kill? Yes, and, and I mean, that's that's true because they're buying their probably millions of dollars worth of weapons and transportation and communication and everything else. That mm-hmm. money's coming from somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Exactly. And exactly. is it not easier to find out where that money's coming from and begin stopping it and prosecuting those people and taking and this, it in earnest, not just, yes. oh, we'll have a look. No. And this is where dig, dig, holding, dig. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is where holding accountable these people who we've put the mic in front of, mm. if they're not willing to go down that route, then why do we continue listening to them? Right. Right. Well, and one of the things that was set up after World War I was the League of Nations. Mm-hmm. And the League of Nations was set up to not have the type of event that occurred in World War I ever happen again. Because that was the war that they came out of saying never again. But when it came down to it, because Germany was part of the League of Nations, they began turning a blind eye to what was going on in Germany because they said, well, they're a part of the League. We really can't interfere in their internal operations. And it would disrupt trade. It would cause all sorts of problems. And I'm going, really? I mean, this is what you were formed for. It was the mandate was no matter who did it, people stepped in. And it was the other countries that would step in. Here, again, we might be going to the same place. We don't want to interfere when we find out where the money's coming from because they're allies, they're whatever. I'm going, heck with the political. Step in and do something. Well, I think that's a really good point, Martin. I I don't think at any point in time we should ever confuse self-sovereignty with not holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. To me, they're two completely different things. Right. We can still, and, and you know, you hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, you can't always be loving, you can't always be compassionate, you can't always have empathy. Mm-hmm. My question to that is, why not? Mm-hmm. You, right. you still have it. I mean, we're still going to see. It's a choice. Yeah, it's, it's about those choices. We're still going to feel we're human. We're still, we've got all of that conditioning and training and millions and millions of years that lead us to that negative thought, that fear. But there are choices, as you said, Ron, that we can actually change that in any moment and every moment after that. Yeah, and this is what they fear the most is your ability to make a choice, that freedom to be able to make the choice. With all of this fear-mongering and everything, that's all been set up to try to remove your freedoms. Yes. Because then when you've removed your freedoms, you're given that sovereign right to make a choice to someone else. Right. And that's the worst thing you can do. Absolutely worst. And, you know, going back to the, the countries possibly involved or people in countries involved, and the political ramifications and the trade ramifications. My question to people is, so what if it costs you $100 billion in trade? What are those people's lives worth? And what are future lives worth? Is it worth changing that, that never happens again to investigate and stop this from ever happening again by finding out who's funding these groups? What's the long-term goal, not the What's the long-term term goal? Yeah, not the short-term, oh, it's going to cost me $100 billion, we can't go there. I would say, and I, I hope most people would support, who cares? That will always come back, but those lives will never come back, and the turmoil that's been set in place by all of this will keep going unless you stand up to the plate and say, find out who. Well, all wars have been as a result of poorly managed economic controls where you have boom and busts constantly, these cycles boom and bust, and every time... You, the people who are in power, the one, the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the top, or whatever, yeah. and they're finding that their coffers are emptying 
a lot, you know, a lot quicker than they anticipate, then the plans for an additional war begins to be made. And this is where they know that if they can instigate a war, there are many, according to them, there are many positive things on that with regards to, A, eliminating some of the, uh, the, the human population uh, part of it, but also who gets to get the contracts to rebuild a nation once it's been destroyed? Yeah. It, well, it is. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was going to say you're dead right. It, war, and we all know it, has been long written in the history books as a lot of them were done to help countries economically. And certain side things, too. And, and the side things from the political angle are just used as a hopeful outcome. But the main reason a lot of people do it is for economic reasons, whether it's, it's oil or rebuilding or arms manufacturing or what have you. People in many circles have always regarded war as a great economic booster. And, oh, I, and I'm going, you know, we have to change this line of thought. It makes no sense anymore. And, and believe me, the ones who are at the top have no allegiance to any country whatsoever. They no. will use one country and pit, and pit one country against another who they see as advantageous in that moment in order to get to reap the most profits. Yep. So it has nothing to do with compassion for the world. It has to do with greed and, uh, and power. Yep. Well, and I often wonder, you know, when we take a look at our governments and, and that type of thing, I often wonder how much starts out as good intention, sincerity, and really believing that they're looking at that long-term goal, that long-term change for the better universe. Mm. And then it causes me to ponder that once our governments get stronger and stronger, if people become more tolerant and stop speaking up and stop speaking out and stop asking those questions, I often wonder how much we're participating in creating the monster because as that greed goes further, those good intentions, be that as they may, start to shift because all of their hearing and all they're seeing is that which they believe to be true and they've surrounded themselves with yes people that keep supporting that and they lose sight on the other stuff. So I often wonder how much control we as the population have if we don't speak up. Well, if we, mm -hmm. if we don't speak up, we have no control. That's and, it. And right. the thing exactly. is, that is that silence and letting them do what they wish with the blind hope that they know what they're doing. Is, Supporting it. Yes. And in the end, if they make a wrong decision, it's not they who have made the wrong decision. It's we. Who we as a the whole. Decision Absolutely. Because we've let them do it. Yep. So we, we can't, we're not a victim in any of this no. in the sense that we have let people move forward and do what they wish. And we don't even ask questions. And then a lot of the time they say, oh, well, security reasons, we can't tell you. And I'm going, no, you know, it still comes back to we, the people. And, and it's affecting this? us. It's, and it has turned into this whole system of they do what they wish and we have no control. I'm sorry, we do have control. And as soon as you give in to that, we don't have control, then you don't. And moving out of that and into asking questions and demanding questions, they'll back down real quick. And there's a big difference. You know, oh, sorry, go ahead. So they can be voted out real quick in most of them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and this well, is this is where your power is, yeah. in, in, in actual fact, in a large system where you can vote someone out if they simply do not represent who you are as a person. And this is, as more and more people begin to embrace their sovereign self, more and more are we going to be asking our politicians to also demonstrate that they themselves are also beginning to embrace uh, their 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 sovereign self mm -hmm. and with that also comes the ability to be able to to be open about it so and you're right martin with regards to we can't tell the world or we can't tell you 
because of national security. How often have people heard that and have swallowed that hook, line, and sinker and allowed uh, these people to steer the, steer the world down negative pathways that seemed at the time to be inevitable? Yes. Well, I think there's a big there's a big differentiation in my mind as well to holding holding people accountable, meaning all people. And there's a big difference for me in speaking out versus lashing out. Mm-hmm. And we've often said that you know we are all teachers in some way, shape, or form to each other. So are we not doing a disservice if we don't speak out, mm-hmm. but we do lash out because we all know. If someone goes on the attack, even if you take something in your everyday life, if there's something going on, if someone comes at you with a difference of opinion by attacking you, mm-hmm. you then become immediately defense, defensive. defensive. Exactly. So our government and people in power are no different than that. So That's right. from my perspective, the people lashing out in retrospect only perpetuates the matter. But speaking out t- is talking with compassion and love and explaining where you're coming from and it, trying to get them to embrace empathy and compassion so that they see that bigger picture. And is exactly. that not what we're here to do in the spirit of oneness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, are you in control of your emotions or are you allowing your emotions to run rampant exactly. with your mouth? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Is someone else in control of your emotions and driving them to where you may not necessarily want to go? Precisely. Mm-hmm. But again, here, you are allowing someone else to dictate what you're going to feel. Right. And that's, like I said, never give your power away. No, and never give up the fact that you are the ultimate decider in everything in your life. Yeah. You have the ability to choose how you're going to react to something. I know that's a difficult thing because a lot of people think, yeah, but my emotions. No, 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 no. If you're reacting emotionally to something, it means somewhere in your base thought patterns, somewhere in your mental makeup, there are thought patterns that have not yet been challenged and seen by you and changed by you. So somewhere you're thinking in error, if I can put it that way, that is creating these emotions. Once you look at all of these and you start digging and you you start looking at all your fear-based emotional thought patterns and you take them one at a time and you say, do I believe in this? No, because that's kind of crazy, so I'm going to change that. As soon as you start changing that, you will notice the quality of your emotions be, beginning to change as well. You won't react emotionally to things like you once did. But again, it's it takes work. For sure. And and one other thing there is, you, I know you use the word error, and I agree with you. Error is the right word if everyone truly wants to get a place to a place of peace and harmony. If mm-hmm. we want to get to a place of peace and harmony, then be aware of what's not taking us there. That's and right. Therefore, it is an error because I want to go here, so it's mm-hmm. an error to go the other way. That's right. And that's it comes again from your personal desire of who you want to be. It is in error then in that way. If you if, don't want peace and harmony, then you know that's a different then matter. Then it's not error. Then you're <laughs> yeah. in error if indeed it is you want an antichristos agenda of the path of sorrows, then you're on the right path. Yep. But if you're wanting a, a, a Christ agenda where it's the path of joy, then and it's only bringing you pain and suffering, then you know you've got some work to do with regards to your base thought patterns. Exactly. So I, I don't disagree with your use of that. I just wanted to put it in context. <laughs> and I was kind of cautious about that because I know some people, they, they get on the bandwagon of saying something is right and then something is wrong. Yes. And, and, and uh, as, as we said, it's only right or wrong if it's, it's not getting you des- your desired outcome. Correct. So if you're not heading in a desired outcome direction, 
then you know you're heading in the wrong direction. Yep. You have to look at it and move things to move you in the right direction so you do have. So that, so that all your thought life. patterns are in alignment with where you want to go. Exactly. And that's all we mean by that. So it's it, each person's individual choice, but I find it hard to believe that the majority of people wouldn't want to go to peace, peace, harmony, and love. I just would find that very difficult to believe. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it is in what we've seen going on these days, and I've seen a lot of articles on it recently. They say, even though things appear dark on the surface, the light is breaking through, and it is the backlash against the light that is giving this surface appearance of darkness and more mm-hmm. darkness. And mm-hmm. it is really the light underneath that is shining so strongly now that it's breaking through. As I said it earlier, as the light gets brighter, the dark gets darker. It's only that event of the light getting stronger that is causing this to appear more red. Mm-hmm. Correct. So. And it's very timely that we ensure that we continue to bring that light forth. Yes. And allowing fear and revenge and vengeance to come into your heart and all of that negativity is, to what you've been talking about, a misfire if where we all want to go is to a loving, compassionate world. Yeah. And I love your comments earlier, Karen. I know it was before the program started, but we were chatting and you noticed on Facebook that there was a lot more people coming from a place of positive and empathy and, and love than other yes. place. And that, to me, is an underlying key indicator, because I've seen that as well, that people are moving in that direction. The energies are moving us in that direction, and people are embracing it. Yeah. And I think, power to you. You're, you are the ones in doing that, everyone out there, that will change the world. And I find that incredibly encouraging. <laughs> and you're right, Martin. I did, I did see that. And I, as, I, as I mentioned, I have an eclectic group um, within my social media realm. And as I've been following the stories and the outbreak and so on, one of the things that I did notice was the love and compassion. There were a few, and, and you know where they're coming from, this fear and anger and revenge. And I understand it, and I'm not trying to sit in judgment of it, but I'm wondering if it's not, in some ways, they're allowing that fear and negativity to have them lash out as opposed to show that full compassion. So I'm I'm forever encouraged as I read those kinds of things. And I'm also seeing a lot of, um, around the world, a lot of world peace meditations being held. Ron, I know you do mm-hmm. one weekly. I know I've participated in a number of them and will continue to do so. And I'm forever amazed I'm watching my social media circle and seeing how many more are popping up and we're doing it virtually and we're doing it in person. And there is this huge feeling of unity as we do that. And I think that helps us to push away that that darkness, that fear, and allow the light to shine through. Yes, absolutely. And I know there are moments when people look at what's in the news, but you have to remember news is only trying to do things that are sensational to get ratings. And yes. And they're, so they're putting out sensational, horrible things, but know that underneath you are moving the light brighter right. and, and you are having a massive effect on changes in the world. So I'll say it once again, thank you and kudos mm-hmm. to you who mm-hmm. are doing it. And I and uh, there's another aspect of this that I'd like to bring forward too is the fact that uh, you know with the analogy with regards to when you you know flick on a light in a dark room, you know you spread light everywhere, but then you also see that the dark in certain areas is much much darker. Well, there's also the other added aspect of this is as you continue to intensify the light that's in the room, even the darkest shadows begin to fade. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so. We are, you know, 
with regards to the September 28th wave of energy that came in, which was phenomenal, many people are even beginning to experience uh, psychic abilities that they never they never uh, could before. So there's been a huge, big shift in in awareness in many, many, many people uh, with regards to this wave X. And this is not the only wave. There's going to be many, many, many other waves after this. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's like um, an ocean where you see the wave come in, it crescendos, and then you'll notice that it actually falls away right. before the next wave comes in. So we're, right now. We are in that falling away portion, and that's when the dark can have can believe to have an advantage. And this is where you know some of these incidences uh, of negativity are beginning to spontaneously spontaneously manifest all over the place. Yeah. As we continue though with with intensifying the light, those will become less and less and less. Yes. And you're quite right. I mean, the the physics of the situation is that. You have a dull light in a room, and it's not bright, but as you turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, with the reflection of the light going everywhere and the light just spreading to encompass everything, mm-hmm. the shadows bounced, began to dissipate. That's right, because that light will begin to bounce off of corners and move into the dark shadows, yes. and as you continue to intensify that light, the bouncing and refracting of the light right. goes in, it dispels all of the shadows eventually. And that's exactly how love energy works. Mm-hmm. And so that simile is for the, there for that explanation of how coming from your heart and your center of love works. As mm-hmm. it gets stronger and more people become their center of love, that light will brighten so much that the shadows will begin to fade and disappear. And, and there's also there's also one more aspect to that is in something that Grandmother Parisha used to tell us that whenever you make a declaration with regards to uh, revealing or overcoming some portion or some negativity in your own self that you're wanting to overcome. Know that the strength of your convictions will also come back at you in 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 the form of tests. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yes. And you will you will see these you will see these tests come back at you. Thank you for that reminder. In, <laughs> in an effort to determine just how serious you are. So the more serious you are about something, know this, the more you will be tested. Yes. I think all of this too, and I throw this out there for a conversation. I feel like during this time of heightened energy and everything we're seeing going on, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that people's, it, call it what you like, gut feeling, intuition, awareness mm-hmm. is heightened. Yes. To varying degrees, depending upon what degree they're at in the first place. But I'm finding that this is a time for me personally where I'm really starting to say, ooh, what is that feeling? Follow that. What is that? What does that mean? Pay attention to that. And I don't always figure it out right away. No. But there's something there that I feel is, and I don't know, are you guys feeling that as well? I'm feeling this. Oh, yeah. There's, whenever we get these little enhanced, it's like there's, a, there's another little portion of myself that has now been made available. So my eyes, with regards to what I'm viewing, there is more of myself to to ascertain exactly what it is. So, so yes, there's a part of me that now can ask that question, whereas before, right. there was no part of me that was even aware that I could even ask that question. Mm-hmm. So, with with increased awareness, there also does now though become the journey of of removing these blockages is now made available to you. Whether you choose to act on that or not is again your own personal choice, but with enhanced 
and increased awareness, you have an, it's like another opportunity or another door that's been opened to you in order to continue to move towards your sovereign self and to continue purging the darkness in yourself. Right. And it's, it's not always a, especially beginning to do it, it's not always an easy journey. Or a pleasant one. Or a pleasant <laughs> one. But know, just know that as it moves forward, it becomes much more so. And this is where your faith also has to happen yes, because sometimes hearing it from somebody else, <laughs> hearing it from somebody else may not make any, it's not proof enough. Yeah. Right. I think we talked about this last week too. And I think this is a good time to bring it back up for, for those that may not have heard last week's show. But we had talked about when you, when you find yourself being surrounded or feeling negativity, we talked a little bit about ways to get out of that. We talked mm-hmm. about ensuring that you surround yourself with lots of positive energy. So whether that be uh, a close friend, a group that has a similar belief that will bring love, compassion, empathy to you, run towards it. Mm-hmm. Because as you're being flogged with a lot of negativity, we can sit and sort of spiral into that where we're, our mind will start to take over, our ego will start to take over, and we'll start to feed into that negativity Surround yourself, whether that's a close friend, a group, uh, whatever it is that moves you to that positive influx of energy will help to move you quicker. through that. And a lot of times it just has to be one little thing. Yes. Just do one little thing that will change and shift your perspective on what you're feeling in that moment to one where, oh, I'm not feeling so bad. And it's amazing what, what you will be, begin to accomplish. You, always with regards to depression or feeling victimized. It relies on you believing that there is nothing that you can do. If you can do just one little thing to challenge that firm belief, you will begin the process of releasing the negative energies and moving yourself into a more positive um, energy field. Right. And I was just about to say the word faith when you popped it out, so I had to laugh. And, and, it, and it goes to that. When you move into that positive space and the negativity begins disappearing, that's when you should move in your faith. Just know it's going to be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And don't don't give as much as you can the negativity a second thought. And just trust and have faith that everything will be fine and sit with that positive feeling and wrap it around that faith. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and that will and, move you. And the more you do that, the more you – and those are the beginning stages where you're using faith in order to – to move against the negativity and to choose the light. Right. So, but eventually you will come to the point where you don't even need faith anymore because you simply know. Right. Yes. Come yep. into a knowing state. Yep. I would often looked at Grandmother Parisha and would marvel at her knowing state and say, how do you get there? I want that. I want that. Mm. And it wasn't until many, many, many years later when I began to realize that it's always through action. You have to move. You have to decide. You cannot sit and wallow in something no. and, and think that it's going to resolve itself. No, that will never work that way. You and as, we, as you've said a number of times, both of you have said a number of times, that this is not always feeling easy. No. It's part of the process. So in our day-to-day lives, I know I experience it regularly, where there is that, that negativity or that fear that comes in. And I feel myself making a conscious choice to say, huh. Okay, sit with that for a second. Now do what you believe to be true and forget what you just heard. Mm-hmm. Move forward. And it's not always, it's almost like doing it for me makes it more real than sitting there thinking about it. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Any sense at all. It, it does. Going into the mind and letting the mind ruminate on something usually just puts you down a spiral path of worry. Exactly. And, exactly. And it's coming from the heart and that heart energy. That, it's that positive energy that comes from the heart. And Ron's quite, quite right. Faith moves into knowing, and I call that pure faith, in that you don't have to think about faith anymore. You just know it is so. And, mm-hmm. and and just moving in, being able to eventually move into the spot to just know it is so yeah. and not give anything else a second thought will actually, uh, it's an amazing place to be. And that's where gratitude well, comes in. We often talk about gratitude, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly where I find that coming in is when I move to that fear base or that negativity, I immediately, almost immediately now think, give thanks for where you are in the knowing that it's going to move you to where you are going. Right, mm-hmm. where you well, desire to be. Right, for me, the whole term with regards to faith always indicates that with faith, there is doubt. There's still the possibility that something might not happen. Well, that's, that's a reflection of what, to me, faith okay. means. Yeah. It's and never, when you know something's going to happen, you don't need faith because you already know it's going to happen. There's no doubt that, right. it's, not, that and, it's not going to happen. And I always looked at it the other way. I looked on pure faith as no doubt. And I still call that faith, but it's, it's, but uh, you're right. A lot of people take faith as and they're putting the power outside themselves and hoping it will be mm-hmm. so. But exactly. it's not hoping it will be so. It's knowing it will right. be so. It's and the difference between right. wishful thinking and the knowing. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. To me, to me, pure faith is knowing. But so many people look on faith as trusting that it will be all right because you're giving your power away and you just hope it will be. That's, that's right. That's not strong enough. And to me, that's always been a reflection of religious faith. Yeah. And it's not that I want to knock religion, um, because religion does give a lot of people a lot of comfort. And for that, that I am very grateful. But a lot of times you will hear that faith appears to be their final answer to everything. And right. they don't realize that faith is just the first step. Mm. That you're, as you continue on your, on, your, on your path to sovereign self, your faith will begin to be replaced by a sense of knowing. As you begin to, I don't have a faith in God. I have a knowing in mm. God. There's a knowing sense that, that, and that is a knowing sense in who I am mm. that has replaced my initial, when I first stepped on the path, that, oh, I have to have faith. I have to have faith. And it's it's eventually as it, as you move more and you work towards more of it, that faith will turn into knowing. Yeah. And wherever we are in this journey, each and every one of us, it's the knowing that we're exactly where we are supposed to be. So whether we are yes. in that state of faith or starting to have faith or even having no faith at all, we are still on a path mm-hmm. that is where we are meant to be. So and that's one of the reasons why I say never judge yourself by someone else and how far they've gone exactly, on their path. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody is exactly where they're supposed to be. Yes. And and everyone has the choice to move forward and become who they desire to be. And it, it's that the old adage I keep throwing in to you slap the one-year-old because they can only just walk and uh, praise the five-year-old because he can ride a bike. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all a matter of degrees and it doesn't, don't worry about where other people are. Know you can get there quite easily and quickly if you choose to. Now, it's not always quickly and easily, but know that it is always possible. And that's part of, I guess, the initial faith is don't don't give up that line of thought. There is, everyone can move into their heart center and love. There is no mm. exception. Don't think of yourself as an exception because in reality, your heart center and love is what you are. 
And knowing that there are things that we can do that will take us to a better place. So, you know, I often heard people say to me, it's difficult to feel grumpy or angry or upset if you put a smile on your face. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, seriously, am I going to buy into that? But try it. Put a smile on your face and try to think a nasty thought, a really, truly nasty thought with a really big smile on your face. It becomes more and more (laughs) difficult. I I hear, I see everybody smiling and and they're going, oh, what what was I angry about? It doesn't happen immediately, but I, I do believe that when we get to these feelings of fear and negativity, there's always a tool out there, whatever it is for a person individually, that they can do that will make that, even if it's a minuscule shift, even if it's for a couple of seconds, for a couple of moments, mm-hmm. to move to that positivity, the more we do that, the further along we go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. the longer you'll stay there. Exactly, In yes. The positivity, that is. Yes, that's very true. You know, it's it's funny, and I know we've done many programs and many pieces on kindness and laughter, all of that type of thing, but your smile, similarly, or sorry, your smile thought leads right into that, in that don't overlook the simple things in life. It doesn't have to be big and complicated. You don't have to wrangle over something for years and whatnot. You can move yourself into a center of knowing what it's like to come from love by doing acts of kindness, laughing with people, telling a joke to get people to laugh. I always find it's amazing how a simple joke and then all of a sudden everyone laughing hard. It just changes everything in the dynamics of that group and yourself. It's interesting you should mention that, Martin, because I remember as a little kid being at a funeral. And I was at the funeral home, and I think it was a relative at the time, and I think it was my grandmother. I was just young. It was probably in the early 70s. And I was at the funeral home, and I see everybody crying and everyone sad. And all of a sudden, my uncle started telling jokes. Mm. And I remember as a little kid thinking, how inappropriate that we should be sitting here laughing when grandma just died. And then I thought, oh, look, the tears have wiped away to smiles, to laughter, even if it's just for a few moments. Mm-hmm. And I found that very perplexing. And as I've gotten older and the number of funerals that I've been to, it never ceases to amaze me how many people tell jokes, mm-hmm. create laughter. We often talk about telling stories of good memories that made you laugh mm-hmm. about exactly. that person. In my mind, it doesn't show any disrespect to the person. It's honoring and celebrating their life. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. It's demonstrating and discussing what exactly the benefits of this this person's life. I did the same thing with my at my father's funeral. I actually went up there and told stories about many of the humorous things that that me and my father had gotten into in 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 our when he was alive. It was amazing. How many people came up to me afterwards and said, that was amazing. Even the priest had to come up to me and shake my hand. Um, And was absolute, I mean, everybody just loved it. Even though it was light and and I had people laughing during the eulogy, it it turned it into a celebration of the person's life. Exactly, exactly. I've been called upon, I used to say when I was younger, my mother was much younger than her siblings and so many of them started to pass on early in time and I remember the first time I was asked to do a eulogy, I did just that. I remember sitting at my kitchen table with my sister and telling jokes, many of which I could not put into the eulogy, I must say, but they (laughs) did make me laugh and got me on this, you know, what what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And it became a standing joke that as soon as someone passed on in our family, I would get a phone call. And we used to joke about being the queen of eulogies. Mm. But it was because I took that humor to it that people knew they weren't 
there was some sad moments for sure, but it mm-hmm. truly, as you said, Ron, became a celebration of life. And it was, yeah. a, it was a real lesson for me to look at as a young child and then to be called upon to do all of these eulogies as a young adult. And I don't mm-hmm. think I actually thought about that connection until just this very moment. Yeah, and it's it's very true because I I haven't been in that position to give a eulogy and do that, but a friend of mine's uh, funeral who died, it was one of my sister-in-laws that started doing, you know, joking and remembering about things that made, made us laugh about what we did during our lives together. The whole day turned out to be joyous as a result. Yeah. And and it is truly an honor and celebration because I'm pretty sure that in, in my case, the, the people who have died would not have wanted us all to be miserable and in, in, in a no. state of, you know, whatever they would have, they would have been laughing with us. And it's so true. But there's another piece that comes in there. And I know this is sort of digressing, but for a lot of people still, they think death is final. And it's yes. not. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a change. <clears throat> yeah. You move on, to, you, you are live regardless. And all you do is, and what have you always said, Ron? It's like changing an old coat for a new one. Yes, exactly. And exactly. and it is that. You are just changing one old coat for a new one. And we have to remember it, that is that is what it is. And I know if people don't believe that, that can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. But investigate it, look at it, and begin to to look at what people are saying happens with with us leaving this body or, or leaving this mm-hmm. body behind uh, and moving on. Is it's a whole wondrous thing we should celebrate. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole concept of the, so- the sovereign self and uncovering your authentic self right. is a series of small deaths because what you're actually doing in your act of, be- uh, of self-observation is you're looking at things that no longer function in your life and you're changing them. That feeling will always be th- a feeling of release, of death. Mm-hmm. So... Th- you could almost say that the the whole journey of of self sovereignty is dispelling the fear of death, and that's exactly what it is: as false evidence appearing real. Right. There's nothing of to be afraid of with regards to death, but for those who have not stepped on the spiritual path, death is the ultimate fear that they yes. that they have, and they will avoid anything and everything in order to avoid having to deal with it. Yes. So. You can. So the one thing that I often tell people on the spiritual path is, you can start doing your spiritual work today while you're still in a physical body, or you can wait until you die. But either way, whether you do it now or whether you do it after your death, your work will still be there in having to uncover all of the false belief systems that you have to replace them with some with new belief systems that support you. Yes. So you're always whether you do it now or you do it later you're still going to do it. Mm-hmm. I say do it now so that when you die, you'll have resolved a lot of these issues and your after-death experience, your immediate after-death experience will be that much more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's, and, that's dead on. Yeah. And I think it also creates a legacy where your, your spirituality and your teachings live on here on this planet as well. And it, it causes you, as the two of you were speaking, I, Dr. Wayne Dyer popped into my head. Mm-hmm. And with his passing this year, and I forget the exact words that were used, but the idealism that he always talked about was that he's just here for a period of time. And when That's he goes right. on to his next adventure, he'll let us know. And I remember when the announcement came out of his passing, it was all about Wayne's gone on to his next new adventure. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, of postings. And I actually talked to friends of mine who maybe hadn't followed uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer all that much, were aware of them. But 
after his passing, because of the way in which he always talked about it being the next adventure, they then got on to listening. And what a difference he is making to some people in following him now after his passing as he's gone on to a new adventure. And it, mm-hmm. that's just kind of resonant. And as you guys were talking about it, I thought, wow, all of a sudden, Dr. Wayne Dyer just popped into my head. And I thought, interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's perfect. It's interesting on on the whole worry and, and fear thing and death. I guess a lot of it does roll back to people who have a fear of dying because they don't know or believe that is the end of everything. It's the uh, ultimate fear. It's the ultimate fear. One of the things here that I know, and I know people will say it's, you know, whatever they want to call it, sacrilegious or not right to, to be joyful um, at the time of someone's death. I always say, and as we've just tried to relate, is no, it makes makes everyone much more appreciative of the person and it's honoring them. So look on it as an honor piece. But the other thing there is, yes, it, it will change the lives of the people left behind. Because if it was a partner or whomever that you we're living with that is a huge change in your life because the person's not yes. there anymore. And yes, we go through a year of bereavement and and stages of bereavement that mm-hmm. are not easy to go through. Right. But the one thing that I always found helped me through all that was just remembering how much they brought to my life and how much I love them. And it helps you get through that process. Exactly. I, I believe in about half the time. And especially if you have someone else that you can talk to yes. when you're in oh, these moments. Very important. Yeah. And that's key, Ron. I love that you brought that up because one of the things that I'm finding as I go through my personal journey mm-hmm. is you are not alone. No. Yes. And as soon as – and I tend to be a person that will – I don't know if you call it caving or I'll, I'll go into this little – cocoon of yep. oh if something's bothering me i will not burden someone else with it i will not everybody says that everybody and goes through that you have everybody. to you have to at some point in time when you're ready you don't have to do anything i shouldn't say that <laughs> for me personally i got myself there <clears throat> for me personally whilst that's my first sort of go-to station mm-hmm. i'm now much more aware to say and since you're not alone who is there to help you and it's amazing whether you reach out or whether they reach out to you, mm-hmm. what I'm finding is be open. For me, it's to be open to it and yes. not shut it down. Yes. And, that, and, for me, and for me, that's probably also one of the toughest things that I still encounter today and is the fact that I like to isolate myself. That I, Many call me the lone wolf. I, there are, there's a part of me that has that belief that says I don't, no one else will understand. Right. I, won't, I won't be understood. Again, that's something that I'm dealing with, and I know that my own advice saying, go out and talk to somebody, and I find that whenever I do do that, does change how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And yes, and I, I'll put it right out here. I talk to you two a lot when when things come up. And, <laughs> Me too. And you always, I, I swear, we start a conversation, something comes up that's that's going on, and within a half hour, it's resolved for me. And Karen, you were right. If it was intended that separation and, and we were supposed to be separate, then there would only be one of us on the planet. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, if our listeners aren't already aware, we are a very close-knit family, the three of us. But, <laughs> and we offer support back and forth. And it's interesting because we all seem to – we've just expressed very personal emotions around having the difficulty to reach out, each for our own reasons. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think truth be told – 
you know, on some level, the three of us know when the other needs help. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and, the, and the reason why we can do that, and it's so easy, is because we do, as, as you continue along your, your spiritual path, if you are being successful, you will continue to remove judgments. Mm-hmm. The less judgments you have and the more accepting you are, I don't need to know when you're in, in, in a space because you will actually let me know if and when you're actually in there. I simply look at you and, and, and say, okay, what else is there that I can find in Karen today that I can love? Mm-hmm. Right. And I do that with everybody, with all strangers. There is something in that person that I know that I can love, and that's the first thing that I'm going to look for. Right. No, it's very true. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a little off topic, but I did want to share, because I know we spoke about this on several other programs before. As we're starting to head into colder weather, as I was reading my social media pages – and I was seeing all about the horrific happenings in France and what was going on. And there was a post at our local park. A group has gotten together. And yes, all the hats and scarves have now been posted on the trees in this park. Mm. So as I was going through my social media reading about all this terrorism and all this heartbreak, I came across that. And that smile came to my face. And I felt this connectivity to the rest of the world. And I held on to that as I read the rest of the posts. Whenever we see these senseless acts of terrorism occurring in our world and we see so many people reacting negatively to it, it's an opportunity to go out and do these random acts of kindness just simply for yourself. Yes. Don't do it for anybody else. You're doing it for yourself. Exactly. That, when you do it for yourself, adds to the morphogenetic field that is the collective consciousness, and that's how you can begin to change and affect things. Precisely. Exactly. And on that note, Believe it or not, we're at the end of another program. And I hope everyone out there enjoyed the program. And don't forget our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. And I do wish that everyone has an absolutely wonderful week. Look for those moments of joy. Sending loving, unconditional energy to each and every one of us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wonderful week, people. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.